Johnny. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> You're listening to the Propane Fitness Podcast, your ultimate resource for fat loss and muscle gain with none of the gimmicks. With your hosts, Yusuf and Johnny. Simple rules, dramatic results. So we started recording that last one. And Facebook Ooh. called Johnny yep, and interrupted did. us. Thanks, Facebook. Thanks, Facebook. Would you rather live... And you have downloaded the HQ app. HQ. I think that's what it's called. You HQ. have to answer questions for money, apparently. Well, no, it's not quite that simple. Okay. Like if, if it was that simple, I think you'd be... Scooby-like. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'd be on it a lot, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's quizzes with a prize that happen multiple times per day. Well, I've got a question cool. for you for money. So Lay it on. Would you rather live to the age of 40 or 4,000? So I was going to... I mean, we've already done this question on the previous attempt before Facebook ran me and ruined it. What we decided was 4,000, wasn't it? Why did we decide You that? decided 4,000. What did I- you decide on? I think 40. Seriously? Just because it's about four or 500 years of old age. And so uh, if you have like a crap problem... You could. You're going to be stuck with it. You could end your own life at that point. Yeah. Think of what you would see over the next 4,000 years. Like, think of the evolution you would, you would witness. Versus being over halfway through your life already. And then it's like, all right. See ya. Yeah. So I would, I would do 4,000 and I would really heavily periodize my life. So... I would spend the first, maybe even the first like 500 years, just data accumulation. Yeah. Just trying to work out like what is the best way to spend my time. At the very beginning as well, just go long S&P. Yeah. Until the S&P stops existing, cash out, and then just go long on the next index. Because any market irregularities and (laughs) booms and busts are going to smooth out over a 4,000 year timeline. Yeah. So you'd be fine. You can have a nice retirement. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, the world may not even exist. Mm. You know, I mean, you're talking like quantum shifts in what you consider to be normal. Either the world won't exist or Amazon will have released drone delivery. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll have like 5G phones. Maybe even the iPhone 10 will be out by that point. It's already out. The X. Grandad Yusuf. (laughs) (laughs) Strikes again. You're only very current with Apple products. Yeah. Although, it, so in your defence, maybe it isn't meant to be the iPhone 10. I see. But it's it, kind it, of an in-between. It's an odd decision for them to release. Was there a 1? A 10 that has a Roman numeral. I think it was just iPhone 3 from the beginning, wasn't it? That's cheating. It is. Little dicks. 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. No 9. Go straight to 10. And give it a There's special like 5S and 5C and 6S. What have you got? The 5D or something? The SE. The 5SE. Just... SE. The iPhone SE. Special edition? I don't know if that's what it means. I think that's what you want it to mean. Mm. The cameraman the other day for Lifehack Fails 1 was had a red phone. I think it was a limited edition. Oh, yeah, they bring one out for... Because that annoying... Charity. The annoying guy from the band that's Irish and wears the silly glasses. Kaiser Chiefs. Bono. <laughs> Kaiser Chiefs on Irish. <laughs> Bono. <laughs> It's, I'm sure it's like HIV awareness or... Oh. It's like when they forced that album on us. Do you remember? When Apple were like, <laughs> hey, we're going to give you a U2 album on your phone. I think a lot of people can't see get it, it as like a gift and you saw it as... Spam. I've, I've had this... <laughs> like something else invading my world. So iPhone awesome. Red. That was it. 
Yeah, it must be HIV. That's a red as an HIV campaign, isn't it? So, would you rather be famous for doing something completely embarrassing or rich for having done something? HIV AIDS program. They provide counselling, testing, medicine, and so the iPhone releases a red phone to support that. Fantastic. Um, rich and dishonest. Okay. I think dishonesty is a pretty broad spectrum. Mm, like, like you, it's dishonest to the point where it's not legal or dishonest to the point where it's a little bit dubious. True. Like front running the market as opposed to being the guy from Narcos. <laughs> what was his name? Michael Barrymore. Uh, <laughs> They had to spend a thousand pounds on Pablo Escobar. That's him. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Michael Barrymore. Michael Barrymore. Very similar. Um, Chris Tarrant. So <laughs> you had to spend just like nineties ni- celebrities. Um, you had to. The last time you watched TV. Yeah. Nineteen ninety six. So where you had, you had to spend to like two thousand pounds on elastic bands. Yeah. Um, just to keep his money together. Well, he yeah he lit a bonfire of money to keep his children warm. Goodness me. 20 million a day or something All crazy. All in cash. I mean, the transit vehicles you'd need just to... So his, I think his main problem was logistics, but not from the drug delivery aspect. It's from just how do I process all of the cash that I have. Not even laundering by that point. It's just how do I... And even... they, they ended up having a taxi firm that made like 4 million or something. In you know, <laughs> No one no one batted an eyelid. So, so yeah, so I think famous and... Famous and embarrassing... Because it's hard to it's hard to live that down. Mm. Obviously, it depends how embarrassing. But if you're famous, probably quite embarrassing. Well, so this is another current fact that I'm I'm aware of. Okay. Uh, Kim Kardashian released an embarrassing video, and became famous on the back of it. <laughs> so Are you sure it's an could, embarrassing video? Like I, I mean, I, it's probably not going to be on. You've been framed. It's quite an explicit video. But some people would describe that as an embarrassing video. I actually think it's very tactical marketing, doing stuff like that. Like, I don't think if you or I released such a video, it would have the same impact. No, that's very true. So well, it would be really interesting to see, see what the impact what would be. I'm not willing to test out the theory, but I think... Um, if I know anyone who would be willing, it's you. <laughs> so, Star Wars kid. He was someone who... Who's Star Wars kid? On the original YouTube, when when YouTube was just, it might have even been pre-YouTube. Ah, uh, with the he, sword. Well, he's playing with a broomstick, just mm-hmm. on his own in a room, films himself, thinks that he's Star Wars character, and then his friends find it, upload the video, he gets absolutely slaughtered online, yeah. and had to go into therapy, and oh, so, man. so something like that. Didn't the kid who was on, like, the Frosties advert? Milky Bar. No, Frosties. there was a Frosties advert where like he was interacting with Tony the Tiger and he got bullied at school and ended up again in therapy and Oh god. So that's that's what happens when you become famous for doing something embarrassing. Mm. Whereas if you're rich and dishonest. Like Yeah, f- fame. No one even notices. Fame on its own isn't necessarily It's only an how advantage. do I profit from the fame? Yeah. So if you were a Star Wars kid that you're just suddenly famous. So I think fame is inconvenient if it doesn't come with. Like I can't imagine Star Wars kid got any income from no. I bet his friends monetized the video as well, probably. <laughs> so harsh. <laughs> Would you rather be the only sober person everywhere you go or the only drunk person? That is a fantastic question. <laughs> be more amusing for you to be 
the only drunk the person. The only drunk one, yeah. People would get annoyed with you. I think you'd experience, as the only sober person, you'd experience some pretty nasty conversations. Because mm-hmm. everyone around you is really drunk and you don't have the drunk glaze to sort of hold everything at arm's length. You probably take things a bit more literally. I think being sober, you could just get on with the rest of your life and just be really aware of the fact that you're winning every day. Like, what's everyone else got done? Hardly anything, because they're all pissed. What have I got done? Loads, because I'm the only sober one. Someone's answered, if everyone else is drunk, then I can do whatever I want. <laughs> that's, that's, that could be taken as a really seedy comment. I yeah, think. yeah. Bloody hell. Well, yeah, I mean, that's... that. I Having not really That's drunk, your life anyway, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, I'm drunk right now. I'm not drunk right now. We should do a drunk podcast, though. I think uh, we were hoping to get propane coach Joe on the on the uh, podcast one day. I think we'll get propane Joe, propane Joe coach, propane coach Joe. That's what we'll be calling her after a, a bottle of gin. <laughs> propane Joe coach. Would you rather have fifty pounds an hour for browsing the internet, or get a thousand pounds every time you push someone to the floor? I think you know my answer. So. Guess what I'm going to say. So fifty pounds is it's a long day. I can't do the arithmetic. Yeah, it is twenty. So you'd have to do twenty hours of browsing for every one person that you push over. So I reckon if you go up to anyone in the street and say, "Look, I'll give you two hundred pounds." Yep, there it is. There it is. Align the incentives. You could even like. There's no rules around carrying a crash mat around with you as well. Just walk around with a backpack on that opens up into a, a small like a. An, once a month, do 100 people. Done. <laughs> Go out to the centre of town, put up a sign saying £200 to be pushed over. Bloody hell, can you imagine? You I get suppose more than 100 it people. depends what, how you get the £1,000. Like, do you have to submit a claim? Like, oh, are you going to be £200 out of pocket? Scan your original receipt, submit yeah. it to the accounts department. Yeah, all that sort of stuff. Wait 34 days. Do, you, do oh. they need video evidence? I suppose it would only take a couple of rounds of your situation. Hire to a couple of people. Set up a really solid front-end system. Video queue, like video crew, queue of people, crash mat, sign. Yeah. Have have a events coordinator that's gonna rush people through the line. Have an iPad set up at the start of the queue. Register. Where people sign a waiver. Amazing. Just in case there's anyone hits the head or anything like that, so sign their waiver. Maybe even afterwards they get checked over by a like a paramedic. Incredible. So, so much you could do. I mean, when you're making a grand per person, and you see a queue of 30, 40 people. I think that's a much better answer. So the top answer on that was um, I'd have a few choices. Become a bouncer, push down half-drunk people a night easily, or martial arts training. Again, terrible ideas. Drunk Sp- sporadic. means... Sporadic. Sporadic. Drunk, like, the more risk of hurting their head or something when they fall. Yep. Suddenly, even if you made a £1,000 off it, you're facing a manslaughter charge. Someone yeah. in Newcastle did, actually. I know. I heard about that. Just, you've just got to align the incentives of the person being pushed over. And as long as they stand up and get 200 quid, like, they might even come back and let you do it multiple times. Yeah. Like, in fact, why wouldn't they? Like, why would you not end up having lines of hundreds of people? And then just run along pushing everyone because and Because what, what you want your again. job to be is standing stationary, push, 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 so push. Set up a treadmill or a conveyor belt. And oh, nice. Amazing. Would you rather get a pound every time you compliment a stranger or ten pounds every time you insult a stranger in the meanest way possible? Dollar. Or pound, sorry. Really? Yeah. 
because the the differential's not large enough to be if it's a thousand you'd go for insult so i think every time you insult someone in the in the meanest way possible for 10 quid there's going to be fallout from that it's more than 10 pounds of damage isn't it there's going to be and you can't say i'll give you two quid if i can insult you for the yeah whereas pushing over i think like in a day you could easily insult uh, sorry easily um easily compliment like four or five people at once yeah and, and, it, and you're only going to get positive like, I like your hoodie Johnny people would just <laughs> people would just really like you I like your trousers too actually there you go you've got really nice ears has anyone ever told you that <laughs> Why? I'm not going to sit and go god I hate Yusuf I'd be like Yusuf was really nice to me today <laughs> so not, not only do you get the, the social gain but that was three pounds and you just got three quid yeah versus but then people might like, start thinking that you're being your sarcastic hoodie's awful that's the worst hoodie I've ever seen <laughs> you're minging like and you're gonna you're not gonna remember me well are you but I've got 10 quid like is it I just feel a bit dirty very well placed argument I think what what number would you take over the pound I think make it a thousand okay so 995 <laughs> <laughs> I think as long as there's enough for it to be like very very worth your while to do it once a day no. 300. No. 700. Yep. 500. No. 600. So, so I'm telling you, I'll tell you what I'm going through. So you approach someone in the street mm. and you say, look, I need to insult you in the worst way I can possibly think of. You're probably going to get quite offended by it. You might want to lash out. You might want to, you know. But I'll give you 10 quid. But I'll give you, well, I'll give you something. Mm-hmm. The risk is that they cotton on to what's happening and they start to haggle. So if you're operating with 300, mm-hmm. it's not long before you've been chipped down to 150. Why not just set up the same business model with the pushing over? And you say, look, this is the price. If you don't like it, it go and get you, insulted by someone can else. Can you deliver the same insult over and over again? Uh, no, so that's, you'd have to be quite creative. That's what I, so I think it needs to be it's more of an organic strategy. Mm. So I would... I think if it's a grand, you've got... I mean, you give someone 200, 300... You can hire a creative no director. <laughs> get like a Seinfeld or someone to just help write you. Invite, yeah, get a get a teleprompt set up. So all you have to do, so get people pre screened in a room. So the, this, is, this is the, all the principles of outsourcing and automation <laughs> put to practice for the stupidest purposes. Set up a, a mobile stall, two sections. One section, someone comes in, fills in the waiver. Got to have a waiver on an iPad because that's nice. Have someone. Ask them like key questions, probing questions. They then move to a waiting area, and your teleprompter just scrolls through preloaded insults. So the bottleneck is whoever's taking the insecurities that they've written down, turning it into an insult. Mm. So then you can create, you can employ more and more of them to <laughs> improve the bottleneck. Yep. Great. So that if if you had that sort of setup, you're going to need it to be a thousand because so many people are, you know, you, you haven't got to employ four or five front end people. You need a wa- you need that the the mobile van that I mentioned systems. You need a teleprompter. Thousand thousand thousand. We can make it happen. Fine. So fifteen minutes into the podcast, <laughs> we we're going to discuss direct arm work today. I think it's pretty nice segue actually. Segue segue is seamless. So seamless. <laughs> Johnny was quite excited about this topic. I've been doing quite a lot of direct arm work lately. Okay. Because you are now 100 kilo plus. Mm. Well, so it's it's what we said about... I think if you're going to be gaining weight, there's no 
argument against doing direct arm work. Hello, Johnny here. Just a short interruption to this episode. I know what you're thinking. This show was brought to you by none of that. Trust me, we have something completely free, something to give you today. So we're aware that you guys who've been listening to our podcast, you've heard before us talk about the show notes and other places to go to download things from propanefitness.com. But we want to give those of you who listen to our podcast something completely different, something completely unique that we don't provide anywhere else. So we want to give you something that is actually a membership area or a membership portal where we have loads of free goodies, some downloads, some things to watch, some trainings, and some free presentations that we want to give you all bundled together completely free. All you have to do is go to propanefitness.com forward slash gift. There's no email opt-in. There's no enter your email and receive this. It's completely obligation-free. You just enter your email, enter your username rather, and your password, and then you'll be sent login details. So completely free. In there, we have some training on the 3i formula. That's the framework that we use with all of our coaching students and loads of other free goodies. So that's propanefitness.com forward slash gift. Head over there now pick up your free training and we hope you enjoy. Hope you enjoy the rest of this episode and we'll speak soon. People, it's the same what we said about direct ab work where people wait till they're in a deficit and then they up their volume of direct mm-hmm. ab work. If, I think people overthink abs, calves, arms, delts, they think that it requires some different set of rules. Whereas actually, if you do like a direct arm work once a week, three sets of eight to 12, you do that for the rest of your life. What's going to happen to your happen to your arms? Your annual volume suddenly goes up by huge amounts. Because yeah. what I used to do was I'd go through phases where I'm like, I need to work on my arms, and I'd do like three weeks of the most unreasonable arm <laughs> program, and then realize actually I can't sustain this. So it's the first thing to go when absolutely you're busy. Absolutely. So yeah, the so the, the several options you can take then, either add in an arms day once a week. Or add in one or two sets of arm work at the end of each of your sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Depends on whether you like going in the gym and getting a, getting your pump on, doing an arms day. For me, I can't be bothered. It would, would be the first thing to go. Whereas once I'm in the gym already, I personally would be much more likely to say, you know what, I'm, I'm about to leave, but two sets of curls isn't going gonna, isn't gonna to break the bank. So yeah. yeah. So I think... It's, I don't actually like doing it. It's what I've noticed. I think I used to, but now it's just painful and difficult. Um, so I'll tag, I'll tag some direct arm work. So a tricep exercise, a bicep exercise to the end of my days when I, when I bench press basically, just because I don't want it to interfere with, if I do it when I do the way my training week split up is it basically alternates lower and upper. I don't want direct arm work to interfere with my bench press. And I think that's a, a good principle actually, is that if you're doing, if you're turning up to do chin up with sore biceps from bicep curl, in my opinion, you'd be far better off prioritizing the chin ups and adding another five kilos to your chin ups than focusing on your barbell curl. Yeah. So th- this is a, uh, a great lesson that we've picked up from Simon Atta, the recent interview with the acrobats, yep. Juji Mufu or John Call and Mike Isretel, all of, all of these guys singing to the same tune, which is to periodize everything in your life. And if you want to develop a certain skill or improve a certain attribute, throw everything at it for a certain amount of time and direct your resources to it. So if it is, and and that doesn't have to be at odds with doing your normal training either. So if you're doing your regular training three, four times a week, 
and you say, you know what, I've got a bit of extra time at the end of every session, my, my kind of um, bonus time. Mm. How do I direct that? You say, well, okay, six weeks I can focus on doing extra arm work or maybe longer. I think you're more likely going to make a, a measurable difference in 16 weeks. Yeah, so, I agree. So do that, for example. That's in your extra time. If you want to become more flexible, use that time as that. But That's what, which is what I'm doing at the moment. Mm. The end of my sessions, five minutes dedicated to stretching. Um, if you want to improve a certain skill or whatever it is, focus on everything towards that. And that way rather than trying to achieve everything all in one go, it's much easier to blast and cruise. So push forward in a big way, make some progress and then maintain than it is to um, try and achieve 10 things at once and make a half-assed effort. Mm. And at the end of the year, you've not really moved forward at all. So it's interesting because that's not how I approach it. But Three weeks I, is I think too it's short. A, yeah, but yeah, I think it's, it's a valid months. approach. Like I think if your training has like bits that you can sort of pull in and out and interchange, then it definitely works. I think for me, it's something that I add on as a bit of an extra commitment at the end of my program, which is powerlifting focused. Like if I didn't include that, my arms would get work from like from some level of... Absolutely. I'm not saying you, you should be doing a full bodybuilding arms program, but yeah. it's that you, you're saying you have time... I see. What, do you, what do you devote that to? Got it. Yeah, so I think where, do pe- where people... Well, how, how would we go about putting some direct arm work into a program? Typically, we do it in the way we just described. So it's at the end of a session that you're already doing rather than... I don't think I have anyone with a direct with a total arms day. Do you? No. No. Uh, one person that requested it. Right. <laughs> so that's normally... It is normally a request. Mm-hmm. I think the way I look at it is... Um, so I, I'm obsessed... In fact, he said he was going to do it anyway. Wow. So it's like, so right. That's an ultimatum then rather than a request. Um I love finding exercises that I feel like I can marry for life. Like the reason I'm, I talk a lot about the seal row at the moment is there is so much loading potential with it <laughs> that I, that's it. I don't need to find another back exercise. And so I know that if my seal row improves, my arm measurement will likely it's also so improve. comparable as well. I remember spinning my wheels for ages trying to with pendlay rows yeah. and they're just not a movement for me because once they get beyond 120 kilos, then they stop becoming a pendley row. Well, so and they start becoming at, at a certain point, like there's a threshold below which you can p- perform an exercise of perfect form. But when you want to start progressing it, you'll reach a day and a set and a rep <laughs> where you can't hold that form and you have to use something else. And if there's opportunity to use body English, you will. So either even you, if you're trying your damnedest yeah. not to, so like that's the way that you the either will... accept that the rate of progress is incredibly slow, or you find as Dan put it because I Dan, I watched Dan Dan and I competed on uh, Penle um, um, Seal Row for the first time of the day digital audio audio broadcast, broadcast Gibson, um, we call him that by the way because he once had a certificate from a powerlifting meet misspelled as Dab Gibson. <laughs> Um, like I can understand when they misspell my name. It's maybe not the typical but name. Dan, misspelling Dan is Dab. But anyway, so D A B. Diabolical. 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 Um, so he said, and I, I really agree with this, that he loves exercises where you can just go for it. You know, where you don't have to worry about like, oh, am I like, am I holding the right shape? It's because just you're anchored in place. Here's a bar, Dan. Row that to this point as with as much force as you can. He's like, great. How yeah. about it? And so. But anyway, so the nice side effect of that is you increase your seal row or your chin up or anything that has a very point A to point B range of motion. 
your arms will increase. Same with your bench press or your overhead press. So once you've got those fundamentals in place, adding in something that is, again, for an, for an arm movement, I think, as remove as much of the potential to cheat as possible. So what I do is I stand at a preacher curl station. So it's like a, it's like a standing curl, but it's using a preacher curl station to anchor my elbows in place and just do a standing barbell curl. And the sure, you can kind of, like, you find yourself swinging around a bit, but ultimately the distance is the same. Your elbows never move. So the bar is always still going through full range of motion. The barbell curl is the one movement that everyone has seen in their gyms. Yeah. Someone doing, someone butchering. Yeah. Some oh, God, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you, yeah, you can, you can put as much effort in with the hips as you possibly want to. That's a terrible sentence. Until you're doing you can, a, a, a reverse clean. power clean. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I just do three sets of eight to 12 reps using double progression. And I'm not at the point yet where I'm, I've been doing them for probably 12 weeks, maybe slightly longer. I'm still progressing every mm. single week, which shows how much capacity there is for most people. In if you're not doing direct arm work with a simple exercise, I've gone from, I think it was 30 odd kilos to 40 odd kilos, similar rep range, so much like latent potential there. And I think adding it in is as long, it doesn't take a long time. There's not a long time to set it up. It's not particularly taxing. And it'll take you a couple of minutes. It's not, yeah, it's not taxing mm. as well. It's not like, oh, I have to do it. three sets of squats at the end of my session. Like, oh, no God, one's yeah. going to want to stick to that. Or split squats. Yeah. Even split worse. Squats. So nasty. So I think really, if you are gaining muscle, if you're in a calorie surplus, there is no reason, at, well, and that you, if you want bigger arms, um, then there is no reason not to be adding in a bit of that and, you know, taking on board this rotating specialization idea give it 16 weeks, reassess at the end of it. If it made an effect and you want to continue, do it again. Remember to separate your planning from execution. So if you are going to go through a phase where you specialize, so I think the, the approach I've taken, what I was meaning before was, I'm not planning to pull them out at any point and replace it with flexibility work, like the direct arm work will probably just be part of my programming for the, uh, the, fu the, the, the near future anyway. So I'm not too focused about, have I added an inch to my arms yet? I'm not really that bothered about and it's such an immediate effect but if you are going to periodize and work on you know flexibility or delts or calves or direct arm work then measure the thing during that time and get some results because if you can say over 16 weeks i've done this with barbell curl and rope push down and my biceps have gone from my, my arm measurement has gone from this to this great result if you don't have that measurement then it was all just a lot of work for maybe nothing so it's worth keeping track. Exactly. So just to wrap up, got a couple of um, recommendations for you for movements to do for direct arm work if you're looking for um, a way to start. So the first, first of all, we generally recommend starting with a double progression model for your movements, which is you progress reps and then you progress weight each time. So let's say you have three sets of eight to 10. The way you would progress that would be you'd perform three sets of eight with a certain weight, Next week you come in, try and perform three sets of nine, and then three sets of ten, and then you increase the weight by the smallest increment, go back to three sets of eight, and then go up three sets of nine, three sets of ten. So that just gives you a bit of leeway with each weight, because I think something like a barbell curl, anything that's a single joint movement, you're not going to be able to add two and a half kilos every single time. It's a very large proportion percentage-wise of the total load, more than likely. Oh yeah, if you go from a 10 kilo curl to a 12.5 kilo curl, Big percentage. 25% increase. You're not going to be expecting to do that with a deadlift. Mm. So, yeah. 
yeah, so start with double progression. Um, we also recommend using, as, as I just mentioned, exercises that remove the your ability or the potential to cheat as much as you possibly can. So a set is compar comparable week to week. So for biceps, that could be a preacher curl, as Johnny does, a seated preacher curl as well, a bicep curl with your back against the wall. My preference for biceps is a sitting incline dumbbell curl. They so sting. They, yeah, they're nasty. So, um, they, I mean, you get horrible doms from them. They'll allow you to get both both heads of the biceps, so both functions of the slight amount of shoulder flexion as well as the um, elbow flexion. But um, that's where you're sitting in a bench with maybe 45 degrees with dumbbells hanging by your sides, essentially, and you're doing, doing curls that way. Big range of motion there. Um, strict cable curls if you can remain strict with them because you can't really swing around as much with a cable um, the the other movement that the heavier the dumbbell movement goes the more risk there is of body English so if you're doing something like cross body hammer curls with dumbbells <laughs> lovely movement but they can very quickly turn into the, the jolly rancher dance rather than <laughs> an actual curl yeah definitely I think Rather than swapping exercises, I would always far rather um, move to another progression scheme with it. So something you can do if you find that you're doing three sets of eight to 10 and for a few weeks in a row, you're just doing the same weight for the same reps and you can't progress. You could alternate by having week one, you do three sets of eight to 10. Week two, you do three sets of 15 to 20 week three you return to three sets of eight to ten again and alternate in that way just so that you're adding a you know gap between the the time in which you're expecting yourself to progress in the same same rep range or you could move to triple progression which is simply where you progress sets uh, rep sorry then sets then load so you would do three sets of eight three sets of nine three sets of ten when you can do three sets of ten you might then add a fourth set until you can do four sets of ten add a fifth set until you can do five sets of ten then you would increase the weight and come back down to three sets of eight again. So there's a lot of time spent with one one single weight, one dumbbell, one barbell, whatever, and then you are only progressing the weight when you've got absolutely everything out of that. That's still progression because your total volume is increasing week to week, and from month to month there's going to be a step up in the amount of volume load that you're putting through your arms each tape. Yeah. So or each month rather. So for triceps. Similar thing, something that you can anchor yourself in place. In fact, just before we go on, um, you know, you, you can always, the, the more compound the movement, uh, the more force you're going to be able to exert. And this is shown in the, uh, in the studies as well, that a close grip chin up, for example, will activate the biceps more than a curl in some cases, because mm. you, you, your muscles are designed to move synergistically. And so you can pull harder when everything is going for it. And that's why people some dweebs wear gum shields in the gym because if you're gritting your jaw as well, you, you, your output is going to increase slightly more. Yeah. Same as the tip of gripping the bar harder when you're bench pressing, for example. It doesn't help the movement directly, but it'll allow you to generate more tension through the rest of the chain. So, And you, you can feel that as well if you try and do a chin-up as hard as you can versus trying to do a barbell curl as hard as you can. More than likely, you feel like you're exerting a lot more force in the chin-up than the barbell curl. And it's even just from a safety perspective, like no one's going to, like it feels unsafe to give a barbell curl everything. It doesn't feel that way with a chin up. Yeah, you've got the support of your back as well. Mm. So um, 
as a as a compound movement choice for biceps, close grip chin up is great, or close grip neutral chin, neutral grip chin up. For triceps, a close grip bench is lovely. Yeah. Or uh, dips as well, but they're they're kind of uh, they're more of a, a chesty delty movement as well. Mm. Um, you can do kind of top top range of motion dips that you can load, but hard to hard to police. Hard, yeah, hard to stay comparable. Mm. Um, then for tricep isolation movements, my preference is just a standard rope push down. Yep. I don't know about you. Yeah, I'm the same. I've experimented with like reverse grip and, and the rope. And, one and yeah, but to be honest, rope attachment, extend till it's, you know, keep your elbows tucked in, extend and then spread at the bottom is pretty much what I feel in my triceps. As long most. as the elbows are in the same place and you're, you're bringing the, the, your fists up to kind of mid sternum level and you're not leaning over the rope, which is a common error that people make when the, when it gets heavy, when the going gets tough, they lean over the rope. So you want to keep the elbows tucked in, keep your center of gravity stable, and that's going to stop you from leaning forward or backwards when you're doing this. Mm. I've tried things like a, you know, dumbbell skull, skull crusher, um, skull crusher from the floor and all those sorts of things. A lot Just of people find elbows, elbow pain. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's an, un, it's an unnatural, uncomfortable movement, isn't it? There's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot more um, force going through the elbow Mm. Itself, I, I don't know. The I think if you're doing like a close grip bench press and a rope push down, you're you're covering the functions of a tricep more or less, and you're gonna get like as long as those things are progressing consistently. I think for, for to be honest, for a lot of people, especially if your programming is like includes an overhead press and a bench press, you're you're getting quite a lot of tricep volume. Yeah, like more people do more pressing than they should typically, and not enough pulling. And so biceps typically get underworked and triceps typically get all the volume they'll need to grow. Totally. So the only other, um, my, my preference, and because the, my our muscle gain book, the V-Taper manual is based around this, is to do high-frequency bodyweight work as another approach to getting your arms or your chest bigger or your back. And so that would just involve several sets of push-ups. So three sets of push-ups every day, for eight weeks for example um you can i mean you can do this in any way you want but it's, it's basically an a unloaded body weight movement that you can accumulate a lot of reps for and generally they won't interfere with the rest of your training so push-ups are a great option for that because you don't need any equipment for it you can just get and go and do a set of 50 or 100 push-ups and rack up a decent number of total reps throughout the day it's what added 20 kilos to a bench press? 25, yeah. So, I mean... Yeah, it's not to be sniffed at. I mean, yeah. like, some people are like, oh, push-ups, like, that's, that's rubbish, I, I'm above that. But, like, I thought I was as well. Mm. Turned out when I gave them a proper try on parallettes with a bit more range of motion, I hit 20 reps as my yeah. set to failure. I think push-ups done correctly, doing, like, people go, like, oh, I'll do 100 push-ups, mate. Like, doing 50 strict push-ups is difficult oh, to do. Oh, yeah. Well, like, so it was 20 on the first day. Mm. By the end of the eight weeks... Um, it's 140. 145, yeah. So it's quite a big. <laughs> but when you're doing three sets of push ups to failure every single morning for eight weeks, you'd expect some progress, wouldn't yeah. you? So yeah. there we go. So if you want to check out that program specifically, it's called the V Taper program. It's available on propanefitness.com. If you go to products and then V Taper, consistently you'll find it. adds inches to people's chest and back. And, uh, <laughs> and, and also. Um, Average 15 to 20 kilos on the bench press. And I think that's just because people typically don't do bodyweight work. Like, I think it's this, 
really easy win for a lot of people. It's let's add loads of fairly low stress volume to your program in two in two ranges of motion that you probably only ever do. Like maybe people do like a weighted chin up or a lap pull down. Maybe do a bench press, dumbbell press, something like that. Uh, suddenly adding in hundreds of reps of volume per week, you're gonna see something, aren't you? Yeah. And because it's done strategically in the program and the rest of the program is built around that, it work, That's why it works so well. And it's obviously the magic formula that, that yeah. helps people grow kilos of muscle overnight and all that sort of stuff. We, we tell you the one secret supplement that you have to take. <laughs> and if you don't take it during the program, you it will get work. any results. In fact, yeah. you get negative results if you don't take it. And the... it's only £4,000 as well. That's it. £4,000. £4,000. Quite a good deal if you ask me. The secret supplement? Yeah. Definitely. Cool. So, guys, let us know if you have any questions for next week's podcast. Otherwise, we will speak to you soon. Hey, Johnny again. Hope you enjoyed that episode of the Propane Fitness Podcast. Just a short reminder, if you're listening to this, driving in your car, and you're thinking, man, I really wish I had a reference that they made in minute five or ten or whatever to that thing that they were talking about. Well... We've, we put together show notes for these podcasts every single week. We give you timestamps, we give you links to things we talk about, and we also give chances to grab free things, bonuses, etc. So head over to propanefitness.com and grab the show notes for this episode over there. Also, if you want to be notified of these podcasts when they come out, if you want free subscribe, subscriber-only benefits, stick your email address in and grab our free downloads, one of the many free downloads if you go to propanefitness.com and the homepage. There's a big red banner on the top of the website. Pick up that free ebook, that free download, and we'll send you emails whenever a new podcast is available. Just one short reminder as well. As you are a podcast listener, you have access to our exclusive free gift that is available nowhere else. And that is at propinfitness.com forward slash gift. Shh.